Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. Today, we are really excited to talk about an issue that I think a lot of women can relate to, but nowadays, I think more and more men are also facing this as something in their life that they give a little bit more thought to than maybe they want to, and that is the issue of body acceptance. I think there's a lot of pressure. Historically, it's always been there for women, but I think it's getting to be as bad for men as well to have these idealized perfect body forms and when we don't meet those societal standards it can cause a lot of psychological and emotional turmoil within each of us yeah absolutely and i love that you know we're bringing to the conversation today that it's not just an issue or a challenge with women but definitely with men as well. And I certainly have seen how that plays out with some of the men that are in my life. And as much as we are becoming more aware that our bodies do not signify whether we are truly a beautiful person or worthy enough for the love that we desire, but our society absolutely still prioritizes appearance and how well we'll be accepted within the community or within society based off of that. And yeah, it's something that I've worked on for a lot of my life, as well as, like I mentioned, just seeing how it's played out in some of the men that I know. And it's really interesting because a lot of the times, especially when we're talking about women, the idealized body form isn't even really healthy. It's not a healthy, robust, strong body. It's extreme thinness or having bones showing or whatever that people are trying to achieve. And that is so unhealthy. So it's so bizarre to me to think about that we have been brainwashed in a sense to think, oh, that is idealized. But really, shouldn't we be wanting to have the healthiest body as possible since our bodies are really our vehicles for allowing our souls to interact with this earth environment? Absolutely. And that's one of my favorite things that I've come to really remind myself of and prioritize is the understanding that our soul, my soul is being carried through my life by this body that I am in. And 
that every one of us have this vehicle for our soul. So kind of looking at it that way and understanding that, hey, to carry out your life purpose, to carry out living your best life possible, then you're going to want to take care of this vehicle, just like you would your car, right? You get your tune-ups, if anything's out of alignment, you take it in, you address it, you get it driving straight again, back on the road. And so that's kind of how I've been able to shift my mindset over the years, because growing up, I was greatly impacted by what I saw in magazines as far as what was beautiful or healthy. I was into modeling a little bit. So that really became a big part of it. But Recently, I actually went from having what I would like to consider a healthy looking body to losing an extreme amount of weight that I didn't plan on losing. And I went back into that spiral of, oh, I'm not beautiful anymore. People are commenting on being too skinny now. And I sat there for a moment. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) When I was younger, I wanted to be skinny. And now I'm like skinny and I hate it. That is making me feel very uncomfortable. So it's this thing where if we're focusing so much on our physical appearance, you're never going to be happy. If we're always seeking for more and better instead of appreciating what we have right now, then there's always going to be this need for seeking better, more improvement and never being happy and satisfied with what we have right now in the moment. Yeah. And it's a lot easier said than done to try to not be visually connected to our physical appearance because we have to look at ourselves every day and we get people's immediate feedback according to how we look, whether something's out of place and someone comments on it or whatever it may be. But I think that a step for me that really helped was I care a lot more now. And I don't know if this has to do with maturity or growth or just aging. I care a lot more about how I feel from the inside than about how I look on the outside. And I'm talking how I feel physically, how I feel emotionally, how I feel mentally, do I have clarity and things like that. And that has become way more of my priority than making sure my hair looks great or it's the right color or putting makeup on or whatever it may be to impact my physical appearance. Mm-hmm. Well, that's beautiful. And I love that you bring up too that it's easier said than done to shift our mindset. And one thing that I just want to bring to everyone's awareness is that if you're feeling like you're a little bit overweight and you see someone who seems to be healthy And there can be, of course, like a little bit of like, oh, well, you don't know what it's like to feel this way. And it can be from either end, assuming that you may have it worse than another person because of feeling overweight, feeling underweight. And ultimately, what I'm trying to get across here is that the feeling that each one would have is a feeling of not being accepted for who you are, not belonging. And so whether you are a skinny person complaining about being too skinny, a larger person complaining about being too large, ultimately we're kind of in this struggle together because it's a sense of just wanting to be loved for who we are, wanting to belong no matter what we look like. That is the similarity. And so we can't pass judgment in certain situations because It's all based off of internally. What is this need that we're seeking? Why are we prioritizing our looks over 
how we feel within our vitality. And it's all based off of that need for love and for belonging. So I think it's something good to always keep our awareness on is either side, we're in this together and building that support and switching off that need for physical focus and remembering that we're all beautiful souls in this vehicle that is meant to carry us through life. So how can we better worship this vehicle? How can we better maintain it? And that's something that with the human design lens, I really love about a particular gate, gate 46 and gate of embodiment. The highlight of this gate is to recognize again that your body is a vehicle for your soul. And this is how you are going to fully experience the human experience and how at that high end, it's about like tapping into the sensual nature that each one of us has for using our five senses, for taking all of that in within our bodies. And the low side of it is where we can become disconnected from our body and avoiding the nurturing and proper care of it because of this sense of low self-worth or not being good enough. And we all have all of a chart. So whether this gate 46 is defined in your chart or not, we all have the ability to experience it. But this gate of embodiment, that's such a beautiful area to pay attention to, because this is where our vitality lies. If we're dealing with burnout as well, and we're pushing ourselves, which we know in today's society, burnout is a massive issue of overworking, pushing too much and not nurturing ourselves in the meantime. So the gate 46 is one of those beautiful areas where we can gain a little bit more wisdom and how to nurture our vehicle for our soul. That's so interesting to me. And I know you and I talk all the time about connections between the human design framework and the Enneagram framework. And it just makes me, my wheels are starting to turn about how can I research the people I know who have this gate and how it correlates to their Enneagram type. Mm. Because like with human design, the Enneagram system accounts for this idea of body and it's when we talk about the three centers of intelligence, which are the mind, the heart, and the body. There are three types that tend to be a bit more connected to their body, all in very different ways. Um, those types are types eight, nine, and one. Type eight people tend to want complete control over their bodies and how they function. So they really might be hardcore into fitness or nutrition or something like that. I mean, not in every case, but that is a pattern that may be seen. People who identify as type nines can really be dissociated from their bodies as a way to not experience discomforts or to have their own sense of inner calm impeded upon. Yeah, I resonate with that one because <laughs> yep. we know we know that I'm a nine. And again, that always just like blows my mind. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of inner work for type nines can be trying to reconnect with their bodies and understanding mm. their bodies and feeling their bodies. So like you, when you do yoga and things mm -hmm. like that, it's so good for that reconnection. And then nice. the last body type is type one, which is my type. And they can really experience over perfectionism in regards to their body, they may really want the perfect body as they define it, 
which can differ from person to person. They can get really hyper-focused on nutrition because they want to just do everything the right way in regards to their health. And on the converse, there is a grouping within the Enneagram system that tend to be repressed in their body center. And interestingly enough, nine is in this group because even though they are a body type and they have the potential for that great body connection, it can take a lot of awareness and work for nines because of that dissociation to create that connection, create that body awareness. So type nines along with types fours and fives can be really repressed in this center. And so it can be harder for those types to connect for their body for a variety of reasons. Type four tends to be more centered in the heart center or the emotional center. So they just forget about the body. And type five, conversely, is really centered in the head center, in that logic and thinking. And so the body just isn't a priority for them. And when I say body, I can mean the physical body in whatever way that means for a person, whether it's through eating for the body or movement for the body. But I also mean the inner body, the intuitive body and that inner gut instinct that we have. That is so fascinating. And again, when we kind of look at the Enneagram and human design combined here, the Human design is meant to show us how to get out of our minds and into our bodies. This experiment, the human design experiment is like you had mentioned with the Enneagram, it's all about tapping into your intuition, your body wisdom. And that's what drew me to the system so powerfully because as a mental projector, I have an extreme amount of activity within my mind and I don't have any highlighted centers, any defined centers below my throat. So that means that I will struggle. I have in the past and I've seen this play out, struggle with body awareness and listening to my intuition and trusting these things that come up for me. And so a lot of my path through the healing process has been getting back in touch with what am I feeling? What emotions are coming up for me? And I know a lot of it too, because of my history of sexual abuse and rape that caused me to dissociate. My protective mechanism was dissociation. And so understanding my human design and understanding how we're meant to navigate life through our vehicle here where our soul is held, but not allowing ourselves to get into our minds excessively, which there's that balance. And that's been a tremendous journey for myself, better accepting myself as a human being, as a woman. So a lot of my work moving forward, even right now is learning how to love my divine feminine, learning how to love being a woman again. And that is getting in touch with my body in a very different way than I ever have done. When I'm looking at ways to, not just with myself, but with clients, ways to better love ourselves, love our bodies and everything that it has done for us is to journal on some questions. And some things that I've journaled on is just asking myself, what are some ways that I can deepen my love for my body? What are parts of my body that I love and appreciate? 
And I've really just amazed myself at times when I start writing certain things and it could just be like my eyelashes or something just super simple and small, but recognizing those small things about you that you maybe have not taken the time to really look at and be like, oh, wow, you know what? That is really neat. Or this is really beautiful. So those are a couple of questions that I've journaled on. And I, I like to encourage people to just better understand and appreciate every part of what it is to have a body and be a soul within this body. Yeah. Gratitude is such a powerful practice we've talked about before and having that gratitude for our bodies. And I know sometimes it is, again, easier said than done, especially if you have grown up and really been conditioned to dislike your body or not think your body is beautiful. And so I think piggybacking off of what you said about with the gratitude, if that feels like too difficult of a stretch to pick something physically to be grateful for, what I have done is sort of gotten in touch with my senses. So having gratitude for my sense of sight, what my eyes do for me. It's not that I'm saying my eyes are beautiful, but my eyes provide this amazing function that allows me to see throughout the world or my sense of touch or my sense of smell or whatever sense it is that you want to give gratitude for, that can be a great stepping stone if it feels too scary or too vulnerable to go into that space of picking a part of your body for an aesthetic reason. I think a lot of us also are conditioned to not be vain and not appreciate ourselves for the aesthetics. So sometimes it can feel a little scary to do that. Yeah, for sure. And especially since a lot of the acceptance of just loving ourselves externally more is tapping into the sensual nature of what it is to be human. So I love that you bring up that practice of getting more in touch with the sight, smell, touch, all of the above to appreciate your ability to really tap into those senses and then it can really overflow into other areas in life. So I love that you bring up tapping into the senses. Another great thing to do, even though, again, it's easier said than done, is to just change the imagery that you're regularly seeing. I've just noticed small changes in our society with imagery has made a huge difference for myself in terms of like, I mean, I'm not looking at the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, but I always see it out on social media or on a newsstand or wherever it may be. And I think Martha Stewart is on one of the covers this year, mm -hmm. like an 80 something year old woman. And I know they're having different body types within the magazine now. And I just think to myself, if I had seen this growing up, it would have made a huge difference on me seeing bodies of all types and all shapes and sizes. So if you could just consciously try to change the imagery that you're exposing yourself to every day and not just look at idealized bodies on traditional magazines or social media posts or whatever it may be. I think it can do wonders. It's like subconsciously reprogramming ourselves that we're not even aware that this imagery is opening up our idea as to what is quote unquote normal or what we should all be trying to strive for. That is so incredibly true. And that really resonates with me because I feel like had imagery been like that when I was younger, it would have most likely been different for myself as well. 
And now that you bring that up, one thing that I have been doing, again, to kind of shift my view on loving myself as a woman and accepting all of my flaws is that whenever I'm looking for, say, like new lingerie, bras, underwear, whatever it may be, I've been looking into brands that are really showing women of all shapes and sizes. And even like women who have had mastectomies and have like some sort of challenge that they have faced physically in their lives that has left them scarred somehow. And these are the ambassadors for these brands. And you get to see them in this beautiful lingerie and all of their beauty because they are just so grateful to have that body that they have and to continue to be able to experience life because of that body. And so I find myself gravitating now to wanting to explore more of these brands for myself because I want to support them, of course. But it's also like that switch that goes off in my brain where it's like, you know what? Beautiful lingerie can be for any shape, size. It doesn't have to be a swimsuit model or whatever. And I've really been loving that. And that's been really helpful for me to start to gain more comfort in my body as a woman. It's so interesting how powerful this is and what we are exposed to as children and teenagers can really impact us for the rest of our lives. And so, like we said, seeing those only perfect bodies growing up and thinking this is the ideal, this is what I'm trying to achieve became just an impossible task because so many of us have parts of our bodies we just can't control no matter how much you diet or exercise or whatever it may be. And when I was younger, I developed very quickly at a very young age and became very curvaceous very early on. And I always wanted that stick straight body. And that just is an impossibility for me. I mean, I have hips, I have breasts, like there's no way to get rid of those. Yeah, nor would I want you to, because that's something I used to always be jealous of <laughs> with women. See, there See? you go. We there always go. want what yep. we don't have. The grass truly is greener. Yep. And it's such a funny human condition that we're all like this mm. because I mean, I would have done anything for that, like more athletic, lean body. I just think it's, I still think it's like such an attractive female body. And in a lot of people's eyes, my body is the epitome female body because it's very feminine. It's very curvaceous. And I'm just like, Ugh, no, <laughs> <laughs> I clearly still have not fully accepted it. But And you know what? That is absolutely okay, because that is the journey of it all. Like you said, the grass isn't greener on the other side, but that's when it's like for myself, you know what? I am going to appreciate your curves that I don't have. I am going to be like, yes, get it. You rock those curves. And you know what? I'm going to just do what I need to do with what I have to feel good and know that this is what is so beautiful. We are all incredibly different. But you know what? We are all looking for the same love and connection and sense of belonging. And none of us, men, women, whoever you are, are alone in this. We are all together with this journey towards loving ourselves better and fully accepting who we are so we can let our souls shine through the work that we do in our lives. Thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram, which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens. <laughs>